Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. Welcome to the Kachat, everybody. I'm Lucas Southworth, and I forgot to do the catchphrase. It's the only podcast brave enough to ask the question, hey, what's up with cars? I'm Lucas Southworth, but a second time. And I'm John Bishop, but only one time, because I'm a professional. Yeah, you didn't forget (laughs) to do the catchphrase. Or you didn't forget to not do the catchphrase, because it would have been weird if you chimed in, like we used to try to do, where we went back and forth. That was confusing and bad. Anyway, what's up with cars? You know, what's up with cars? It's the apparently eternal question that we have here on this podcast of ours called The Kachat. And this week we thought we'd revisit one of them miniseries we got. It's our newest one, probably, unless we've created one that I've frankly forgotten about. Altogether possible, but it's we're going back to Pixcar Studios, folks, in Hollywood, Los Angeles, Cars Land. All right, Pixcar Studios. <laughs> yeah, Pixcar, it didn't happen. That was all. That was pretty good, I guess. <laughs> okay, so what are we? What are we talking about? Would have been better if it was just the normal name of the company instead of our dumb name and their dumb name. It's what they call it in the world. But this week, we got a message from you know him, you love him, good old Jack. Uh, sent us a message in which he said, Hello, John and Lucas, for the next Pixcar Studios, pun appreciated. Yeah, I remember that. I'm glad you do remember that, Jack. Do both Finding Nemo and Dory in one episode, because they are pretty much just swim, 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 etc., etc. Thanks from Jack. And what I really love about this message from Jack is the mood I get from it isn't like, oh, I really love Finding Nemo and Finding Dory, and I would really love it if y'all did that one next. It almost feels like just advice to us of like, listen, these two movies are just some fish swimming around. I think it'd be best if y'all just got them out of the way. Okay. (laughs) Which, gosh, I gotta respect that, Jack. Thank you for sending that in. (laughs) All right. So they're just swim, swim, swim. Etc. Etc. All right, fishy, 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 fishy. Uh, man. <laughs> we talked recently about how sushi would be weird because car fish. Because car, car fish. Do we think that they're just cars underwater? Real quick, and then we'll revisit that. I just want to, if y'all don't remember this one-time miniseries, since they do the movies at the end of Cars One in the in the credits where they're like, oh, it's Toy's car story and it's monster trucks, Inc. Uh, there's evidence that these movies exist and we want to see like, Oh, what would be like, what are now we can examine them. You done goofed. That's what this series is. But we often say submarines for fish. Yes. Cause they make the most sense. <laughs> and that's why we say them. Yep. But you're you you are positing what if they're just cars but underwater, which well, are similar to submarines. I'm asking if that's what we should just assume, because if you think about it, there's a very obvious thing that Nemo and his father should be. It should be a clown car. See, that's funny, but I was saying they should definitely be submarines. Oh well, that yeah. is of course due to a uh, twenty thousand <laughs> leagues under the sea. Oh, yeah, because Captain Nemo. Captain Nemo is the captain of a submarine. It's true. Watch or read 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne, I think. So, Mm -hmm. Captain Nemo, Nemo, fish, sub. Yes. Maybe clown car, because that would be much funnier. It would be funnier. Now, John, would you like me to cut 
this conversation off with actual canonical evidence, or would you like to continue having it for a second? Go ahead with actual evidence. Okay. Well, one thing is uh, Finding Nemo and, of course, Finding Dory, which was not out at the time, do not appear in the credits of Cars. So we don't have any sort of video evidence of them. But in Cars Land, uh, there are a bunch of posters for Pixar Studio films. uh, And one of them is the wiki quote of the day. This is not usually how I intro them, but it's it of the day. Okay, give me that not usual intro of the day. Because I'm seeing a poster right now that I think you're about to reference. Okay, I was going to send it to you so you could see it, but you don't need it. We are going over to worldofcarsdrivein.fandom.com slash wiki slash fueling Nemo. Yep. (laughs) Which, right off the bat, and we'll get to it, that's a much different movie than Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. just title wise and i'm sure that'll be a lot of our discussion but you know how you can do a funny little bit of translating and then translating back and you get some weird results yeah all right so you translate finding nemo and it becomes fueling nemo and then you translate it back and it's feeding nemo yeah that's that's a, that's a very boring movie i would go so far to argue or but, it could be a psychological thriller. Yeah, you know, we we can make it interesting, but it's also fun to make it very boring. So I'm sure we'll do both. <laughs> but the poster for our evidence that the fish are just submarines, uh, I mean, the wiki says it all. Fueling Nemo is a carified parody of Pixar's movie. Finding Nemo, it features Bruce the shark as a large submarine and Dory and Marlin as tiny submarines. Okay. I will so, say yeah. that Bruce has a very strange face. Yeah, not not your typical car's face. Very true. And also, he looks to be a boat. Uh, I think he's a submarine. He's got like weird fins that make him look more like a shark is, I think, the intent. See, for me, it's the fact that the top is flat rather than rounded. Yeah. I know there are aquatic boats that are also submarines, but I don't know. He looks a little bit more boat than sub to me. Yeah, that's fair. I get that. I I think he's intended to be a submarine, but they have just in trying to make him look like a shark also have made him look like a boat that's just sank. (laughs) So, but yeah, if you look at it, And I know that you can't look at it. It's an audio format, and I do apologize for that. Uh, Marlin and Dory have the typical, like, windshield eyes. But Bruce, the shark marine, has just eyes (laughs) on his Mm -hmm. front. Just normal-ish eyes. And you know how sometimes they'll have the cars have a mouth where there would be, like, a crease or a seam or something? It's just there. It's just there. This is just a face that's been plastered on. And again, they did it to make it look like the Finding Nemo poster. I get it. But like, I don't know, man. You knew we were going to use it as evidence in our podcast several years later. So Mm -hmm. don't do that. I guess it's possible that his eyes are like torpedo base. Maybe. Maybe. They also have very clear eyebrows, though. Which, because why not? Was it's something? It sure is something. But yeah, so I think we can go forth assuming that all, most, if not all, fish are submarines. Okay, Uh, that's reasonable. Yeah. Now, the bigger thing, as we've already touched on, fueling Nemo is a much different (laughs) movie than Finding Nemo. Okay, fueling Nemo. Yeah. (laughs) If we were to translate that back, it would be feeding Nemo. And that's just, that's not what they're doing. Do we want to give a plot synopsis of Finding Nemo? I mean, if y'all haven't seen Finding Nemo, you have to get, have a decent idea of what happens in Finding Nemo. The fish goes missing, the dad and Ellen DeGeneres go and find him. He's in a dentist's office in Australia. (laughs) Yes. 
there's a possibly cool turtle. being tortured or about to be tortured by a strange little girl who needs a lot of dental work. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about Darla at some point. Yeah. Carla? That's a Carla. name, too. But fueling Nemo and or feeding Nemo, I guess... Okay, I don't know why this is where my mind went. But I guess fueling Nemo could share a similar plot to finding Nemo if Nemo needs some sort of, like, special fuel to survive, and Marlin has it. I'm thinking, like... And this is a little dark. Like, Nemo is Car's diabetic, and Marlin has Car's insulin fuel. Well, I don't <laughs> think the movie would last nearly as long. Yeah, maybe he has a little insulin on him to make it so Marlin could reach him before, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, okay. We got... Yeah. I got a question. Is that a submarine or is Marlin one of those like floaty things at the surface? Like a buoy? Yeah, because he kind of looks like a buoy. I think that's just his striping uh, and the fact that he's sort of a tube, but it looks like on his back he's got like some sort of propulsion and he's got that bit at the top that submarines have, I guess. All right. Now let's let's get into it. Ellen DeGeneres yeah. is, of course, playing Ellen DeGeneres, but yeah. with bad memory and a fish. Yeah. So uh, in the first movie, she ends up following Marlon around because for some reason he creates within her a spark that allows her to vaguely almost remember things. Yeah. Now, in the second movie, something happens that separates her and all of the good memory stuff goes away. Yeah, that's a... A part of it, yeah. She, I think she has, it's been a minute since I've seen Finding Dory, y'all, so bear with us. But I think she has a flash that inspires her to go where she thinks her parents are, because she has forgotten where her parents are, and just remembers it after being with Marlon for a while, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then she gets stuck in a wildlife conservatory and escapes it and finds her parents. Spoilers. Now, it does bring us to some interesting things throughout the first movie uh dory makes some strange claims one of which is that she speaks whale and we find out in the second movie that apparently that is uh, air quotes true i mean i would she didn't learn to speak whale from a whale but she did speak like that to her friend who is a whale not because that's the whale language but because they both had a misunderstanding and just kind of spoke to each other that way. I would argue that it's slightly implied in the first movie that it's true. Because it seems at least like she successfully communicates with the whale they get stuck in. It seems like that, but like the evidence is, oh, the whale just swallowed them up on account of it was following a bunch of krill. And it shoots them out now, don't it? <laughs> After Dory asks it politely to. I think it takes a while, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a big whale. Sound travels different in water. Yeah, but like if there was a little person in your mouth and they were shouting, I don't think it would take that long for the sound to reach your ear. Yeah, but my mouth ain't full of water now, is it? It's just got a little of it in there. True enough. For you to make you think about that. Now that I think about it. But all right. So (laughs) she might be able to speak to whale. Yeah. She might not, but she does speak to a whale? A whale shark, if I remember right. A whale shark. Okay, so not a whale. Yeah, I think just factually, yeah. If it were a whale, it would be named a shark whale. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. I think that Dory can speak whale. I'm thinking that maybe whale just isn't a language and that whale typically don't speak to other creatures because they're just is such a size disparity that it's hard to maintain any sort of conversation or friendship. Now, we've talked about size differences quite a lot on this show. We have. But that's in the Carsverse, in which sound amplification is a far more prevalent thing. Yeah. See, the thing about speaking whale, all Dory is doing is speaking very slowly and Mm -hmm. weirdly. So maybe they just got weird ears, you know? They're much bigger. Yeah. And it is, of course, underwater, so tr- sound would travel differently. 
So maybe her strange accent is all that she needed. Oh, sorry. This was the question from Liz. She wanted us to talk about <laughs> Tori talking, speaking whale. I specifically asked her and then forgot. Uh, the question we both, Liz, and they ask questions. Question from Liz. Yeah. How does, right. What's up? Okay. But the question from Liz. Okay. Got it back. Now, what does that mean in the Cars Whale land? In the Cars Whale land, I would yes. think that that means that either whales are typically hard of hearing sure. or that they're rude. Yeah, I think both work. Now, do you think that... Now, whales are mammals. They have to go up for air and whatnot. It's the blowhole reason. It's the blowhole reason, as science has famously said. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but does that make them not submarines for some reason? Well, a submarine typically... like. Here's one of the big problems with any of these things is that all of these creatures would be submarines. Any actual submarine is eventually going to need to come up for air. Yeah, that's that's a big point I wanted to come to is fish can't breathe air, can they? So, but like they got do they have cargills? So maybe this is our evidence that other fish are cars that are specifically able to breathe water. Because a submarine is famously something that allows uh, land creatures to go underwater. So there's the implication of, oh, that would be, I guess, the mammal who has to come back up for air. So maybe these fish car don't need to do that for reason. Yeah, but they still need to be, like, good at propelling themselves through water. So, like, if they are cars that are just underwater there has to be something about them that like like when finn mcmissile dove underwater and assumed his underwater form like it has to be something like that where they are different enough that like it makes sense that they can like move around the ocean good maybe it's a weird paddle boat thing where they have instead of tires just like paddles yeah, or I mean, I think all Finn McMissile does is he turns his wheels sideways. In a Mario Kart fashion. Yeah, in a very Mario Kart fashion. And it's just like, bada bing, now they're like turbines, I guess. And then he grows gills. Yeah, maybe they just have breathing apparatuses. <laughs> maybe, but then how would they speak? And of course, we're getting sidetracked on this, but our evidence is that we can see two little submarines there. Yeah, we can or see. Or maybe maybe uh Dory is a boat. Yeah, it's hard to tell with Dory. Dory doesn't look like a submarine, but like she doesn't look she looks like Dory but mechanical is what yes. she looks like is the issue. Yeah, I think the fact that we see at least Bruce and Marlin are very clearly something akin to a submarine implies that yeah they're submarines and they just i think they maybe just got car like mechanical gills and i don't like that but like if you look at bruce it looks like he's got giant gills okay <laughs> which is weird see it's i feel submarine. like that is actually a part of most boats though it's like if you get water on the deck it'll wash out through those so like i feel like that's actually just based on the normal sure so those gills there make sense but those gills being there becomes upsetting when you don't see any other gills yeah so maybe they have a breathing apparatus inside of them like a squeaker yeah that, that's sort of what i was thinking also is like they've like there's just something in there that does it <laughs> okay <laughs> it just works <laughs> okay they're fish now do we want to go further into the storyline because basically finding dory is just she gets lost and then looks for her parents and somehow stumbles upon them at some point yeah there's also an octopus and that thing is freaky 
Well, he's a septopus because he's lost one of his arms. But there's a specific plot point I really want to talk about in Finding Dory. Uh, Let's talk about it. Do you remember the cli- the like action climax of the movie Finding Dory? If not, it's understandable. It was good, but quite frankly, a bit forgettable. Uh, not even a little bit. Okay, they do hijack a truck. I don't even remember there being a truck. <laughs> They're like getting transferred to another aquarium. and Okay, I remember the transfer. Dory, along with Hank the Septopus and other fish, successfully <laughs> hijack the truck <laughs> and crash it into the ocean <laughs> to escape. <laughs> I have to guess that it's basically... The septopus, and then a bunch of dead weight hijack a truck. Hank is a very important component, yeah. <laughs> the rest of the fish don't do a ton. I remember there were otters that, like, distract people because they're just so cute. But yes, these these fish <laughs> and an octoceptopus do successfully hijack a truck. One, wild that they put that in their movie. Two, wilder and presumably fueling dory (laughs) okay yeah so i don't know i don't know man i don't know um because importantly in fight in the real version they there aren't any drivers left in the truck like they get rid of them before they careen off of a very high bridge into the ocean okay that's good Because if they didn't, those people would die. Yeah. But you can't get rid of the driver if the driver is the truck. Oh, boy. Okay. So what you're you're, uh, presupposing is that the Septopus, whatever strange mechanical being he is, hijacks a person. Yeah, it's like the 9-11 discussion we often don't have. In which, of course, the thing that they're doing is not taking control of a vehicle. It's forcing a person to carry them. Yeah, and I guess because they they're all in the back of the truck and somehow they get in the front to do their hijinks. So I guess maybe they mechanically override this man and send him screaming and crying off of a bridge almost certainly to his death well from what i understand it might be octopi it might be squid but one of the two of them maybe even both have the ability to change the color of their skin their yeah it's flesh. A, that's and an uh, important plot point in, in finding dory as a they can make a like warbling hypnotic pattern so perhaps they don't hijack a person but instead just mind screw them neither are good (laughs) but i would say that hypnotism is probably better yeah at least he's going out somewhat unaware of what's happening yeah whereas the other case would be someone takes control of your body and forces it to move into a situation that will result in your death whereas the other one is just oh i've convinced you to do what through hypnotism has to be what you want to do, which is, I guess, travel. And then I'm going to force you to ignore the peril you're putting yourself into. Yeah. And like, I feel like at least in like movie hypnotism, if not real hypnotism, because I don't know anything about either, quite frankly, they often like retreat into their subconscious. They're not really aware of what's happening. See, that's the interesting thing about hypnotism is that, it is fully utilizing your subconscious to make you, well, not make you do anything. It It is basically someone will put you into a hypnotic state, which is just a state in which you're on autopilot, which is using only your subconscious. And uh, it will then give you suggestions and you will only do it if it's a suggestion that your subconscious finds agreeable. So you can't make someone do something they don't want to do. And it's difficult for some people to be hypnotized because they can't enter into that state of suggestibility. Sure. 
so basically, yeah, they, if this was hypnotism, wouldn't exactly be aware of what was happening on any sort of conscious level. Well, that's good, at least. Because, <laughs> yeah, this guy dies, for sure, if he's mm-hmm. a truck that they've careened off of a major highway bridge into the, into the, I think they're like San Francisco Bay. Sounds good to me. So, yeah, I don't know that there's much more than that, but they, they certainly hijack a man and kill him, Ellen DeGeneres, which, after what's come out about Ellen, you know? She's a meanie. Maybe she would. But maybe she wouldn't in case legal stuff. But one other thing regarding Finding Dory specifically is, and this is a tiny thing, but in the credit sequence, the credit sequence is like Hank the Septopus has like disguised himself, camouflaged himself in like a bunch of different scenes. And it's basically just like, eh, find Hank and sit through the credits because of that but one of them is there is a cameo of herbie the love bug deep underwater rusted out in which and just dead presumably oh no i found it a little weird and i mean obviously it was just like "Eh, we own herbie here's herbie the love bug for some reason maybe it was like a hey some people tried to make a herbie movie and we said no so we're gonna rub it in their face and kill herbie in front of them yeah, it could be that. But I don't know how much we can get out of that, besides that Herbie's clearly a sentient car, and his dead his corpse was in Finding Dory. Okay. What would Herbie be in the car's world? I think he'd just be a guy. But that can't be, because Herbie is specifically a like a social a pop culture icon in specific ways which would lead one to think that if he exists in the cars world he has to be something else yeah if we're assuming that he made a cameo in at the end of fueling dory well he does a lot of stuff and it's been a minute since i've seen any of the herbie movies but a lot of the stuff he does isn't just like ah, the car can drive itself it's like, yeah, he separates from one of his axles for a while and just snaps right back on there and keeps on going or like does something physically impossible for a car to do. And so that wins would, the race and then wins the race because it and it's not fair that he's in these races, quite frankly. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's immoral. Yeah. But I guess it could just be like instead of it being like in our world where it's like, ah, it's a sentient car. And the car can do a bunch of cool stuff. It's just like, ah, this is a superhero. (laughs) So Herbie in the Cars world is just Superman. Superman or like, I could see him being, just because his things seem to be like coming apart and coming back together or moving in weird ways. This isn't one-to-one, but something like Plastic Man. I was thinking like Plastic Man. Yeah. But then I thought like, well, if we're talking mechanically, he's like Cyborg. Yeah, that could work too. But just that like ultimate body control is what Mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, Uh, like a plastic man, elongated man, Mr. Fantastic kind of deal. Fair enough. Which so Herbie in the Cars world, you heard it here first. I would assume it'd be weird if you heard it somewhere else. Yeah, is probably just a plastic man or cyborg. Yeah, or, you know, a little bit of both. Man, if plastic man got cyborg stuff. Plastic Man's already super powerful, so... Well, the thing is, I feel like Cyborg stuff would only hinder his abilities. Yeah, because then he couldn't... Yeah, okay. But if they're, like, na- like nano-integrated into his biology enough, I guess? Maybe. Who can say? Sort yeah, of like I've... a generate. Did you watch Generator Rex? Yes, I did. Sort of like a Generator Rex kind of Plastic Man. I, I said that with confidence. I watched very little of it. Oh, I did too, but that yeah. was the the reference point I could come up with. <laughs> or if you watched Ben 10, the thing that I can't remember the name of that was just a pile of nanites. I want to say it was Upgrade, because that's like the obvious name for it. And I all think of it was Upgrade. The aliens were pretty obviously named in Ben 10. Yeah, which is part of the point and part of the fun. No, yeah, it's like a 10-year-old named them. That's fine. Mm-hmm. 
which got really upsetting because one of the things about Ben 10 was that he was Ben Tennyson. Yeah. His name is almost 10 10. Yeah. His son. Yeah. And then he was 10 years old sure. and he had 10 monsters. Yes. But then they just constantly would like reach up the show and change things. And then he was older every time. So like, okay, he's 15. He's not 10 anymore. That's defeating part of it. And then he had like 175 monsters. Yeah. They were really losing it. You heard it here first, folks. This has been, I haven't done this bit in a while. This has been our Ben 10 podcast. Uh, what was his watch called? The Omnitrix? Mm-hmm. The, I don't know why I thought that would help. The Podmatrix. Pretty bad. Mm, don't like that one. <laughs> Can confirm he is upgrade. And also there's a different upgrade that's purple. Cool. Good job, Ben 10 Extended Universe. Uh, <laughs> but anyway... Cool. We got Kirby. We got the truck heist. We got breathing air. We got whales. What else do we got? You got anything? I got more. But if you got uh, more, you go for it. Eating fish. Yeah, that's one of mine. Eating other fish. And yeah. fish are friends, not food. Yeah, the, the whole fish are friends, not food scene is an important one to go over, I'd say. Especially seeing the poster for Fueling Nemo, in which Bruce is still a giant shark with very sharp teeth. But a submarine, shark marine, mm-hmm. is what I said earlier. Yep. So he is a predator who wants yeah. to eat them. That's just what it is. That's just how it do. And, uh, oh, no. Yeah. I don't know why, but I was still looking at these upgrade pictures of Ben 10. And there's one, and it's Ben 10 Tennyson Glitch. And I'm guessing he's halfway transforming into Upgrade. And it's just this really, really creepy image. Sure. It's very upsetting. I believe you. Close out of that window. You look at the picture of him (laughs) in the cartoon and he looks fine. But you look at this toy and it's... It's not good. All right. I've clicked out of that window. Cool. Thank you for doing so. You're just talking about their predators. <laughs> their predators. And in uh, the Finding Nemo films, there are there's a, just a group of sharks that don't want to be sharks no more. They don't want to eat how sharks eat. So they're like vegan sharks. Somehow. Uh, would they survive in the real world? No, no. they would not. Uh, but in this car's world, they are submarines who eat smaller submarines yeah it's awful rough because it's it's the worst of both worlds a little bit because we have to discuss do like every time the tractors come up do they eat the tractors do they eat metal and also like we also have to discuss the finding nemo side of like these sentient creatures eat other sentient creatures yep And one thing I want to say is that I'm pretty sure these sharks are going to have an easier time surviving, a a longer survival at least, because one of our big conclusions has been that one of the most important things they can consume is just fuel. Yeah. And in the world we're living in, someone's going to spill some, you're going to be fine. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. It's and, deeply upsetting, but... Yeah, I don't yep. like it. <laughs> but, you know, maybe it would be an easier way to clean them up. I think we talked about this. We talked about this in another episode, about how oil spills wouldn't be as big of a deal. Yeah, uh, because the fish also, can just eat it. Yeah, fish just come in and they're like, oh, thank God. But maybe that's why they're carnivores. Uh, is like, I don't know, they ain't got gas stations down there. Maybe... They just got to eat the other fish and turn them into fuel or just consume their fuel at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say, though, you've turned my they don't have to eat fish as much into they have to eat so much more fish. <laughs> they have to always be never not be eating fish. They got to constantly because one of the things about sharks is that a uh, shark got to swim mm-hmm. or heart stop beat. So shark got to eat or heart stop beat 
and also swim, which consume energy, which means got to eat more. So they just got to cut. They has they have to have like one little Nemo every second, basically. Yeah, because <laughs> you got to assume that Nemo's not carrying a significant amount of fuel to this very, very large boat sub. So I wonder if they go after each other more. But like it'd be similar to how in in our world, I guess, you know, it's a risk reward thing. They go after the smaller, weaker animals so they themselves don't get got. I mean, you think about it and you compare it to like a hyena. Hyena typically could take on creatures of similar ability, but they don't. They're scavengers for the most part. It's just not efficient for them to be otherwise. So I'm guessing the shark, they aren't going to risk it. They're just going to go for medium to small and just inhale them as quickly as possible. And like, you think about the whales who eat krill and plankton. Yeah, I have to assume these whales are converting the metal into fuel because otherwise there's nothing. Yeah, I guess we we do have to assume it's just like a similar if they do eat metal, which I think this episode we're just fully assuming that they do, because I don't think we can assume that these underwater creatures finesse their squishy bits out of there. Mm-hmm. Then they have to be able to convert that into something usable. I mean, just look at the, the photograph. You see that that multi-layered pair of chompers. Those teeth, there's so many teeth, and they're on this metal creature, and they don't necessarily look like normal teeth. They could be like yeah. some sort of uh, Damascus steel diamond hybrid designed for consuming metal. Yeah, and who knows? We we haven't seen them in, in motion. Maybe it like just starts up like a buzzsaw. Uh, when he needs it to, you know? Very upsetting to think about, but not necessarily unlikely. Yeah, just looking at it, it certainly seems like that would be the most efficient way to crush up a tiny metal submarine. Yeah, and they wouldn't even need to move all that much, just like vibrating yeah. a lot with the serration just, on that. Just sort of like a, how a, most hedge trimmers work, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. But... One other thing I want to talk about that's sort of related to them eating each other is that like the nosebleed. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that first. Uh, that what sets off Bruce in Finding Nemo is the fact that one of them like cuts themselves or gets a nosebleed, like you said, or something, and he goes into like a blood frenzy and tries mm-hmm. to eat them. Which, as you have just proposed, I think would be shown as maybe since there are a lot a lot more mechanical maybe the eyes actually go red and maybe Ooh. the teeth just start vibrating terrifying horrible but yeah i think it also sort of goes with the fact that like they need the fuel from other fish fish marines marine submarine life that one's all right because like i don't know the one-to-one would be they'd get an oil leak and then they'd go crazy that's a scary thought where would they be leaking the oil from i mean if it would i'm pretty sure in the movie dory like scrapes against something metal Mm. i thought she like bumped into something and had a nosebleed it's it's something like that i did just think of the fact that this entire scene we're describing takes place in a shipwreck so they're in a big old dead body talking about how they don't want to eat flesh anymore and then Dory bumps into a rib or something and leaks oil, which I'm pretty sure would be just a death sentence anyway, because who's going to repair the fish? Yeah, that's something. That's rough. <laughs> Man, this, they shouldn't have made this into a car movie, huh? Uh, but maybe that's a way that they could work as, like, not as vegans or vegetarians, but as, like, non-murderous carnivores like scavengers they go after shipwrecks and they've been carving this one out for a long time now they've been surviving by eating the remnants of this i guess just big old whale which has got to be very upsetting for dory but i mean if it's a shipwreck i would assume that's a person 
which is something I super want to get into, is that, like, the thing that separates the cars from tractors is the tractors are clearly not sentient, yeah? Otherwise, yes. they're just via- they're just different vehicles. Mm-hmm. But, like, if we're presuming the world of fueling Nemo is, like, Pixar Studios imagining, one of these little submarines that live everywhere could think. That's, like... <laughs> If there were a bunch of little people that swam around in the ocean and we were like, one of these little guys could think for themselves <laughs> because like, they're the same. <laughs> there yeah. are boats that are people. <laughs> that's rough. And it brings me yeah. to another thought. That's more just a fun little tidbit that sure. would make the like first scene that causes Nemo to get lost. Make like, it wouldn't be funny. It would just be, them seriously saying the word butt. Oh man, yeah, it just would be a butt. <laughs> oh, he touched the butt. Hey, yeah, don't, you, don't you do did. that. Show some respect. That's a person. You just <laughs> touched another to person's jail. butt. That's I get that you're kids, but like you need to learn this eventually. That's not okay. So I guess in this society, fueling Nemo is less like a what if fish could talk and more like what if there was a in-depth underwater society we knew nothing about? Which is also kind of what Finding Nemo is, but they're fish. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Are you implying that, like, the shipwreck has to be a surface dweller type? I mean, I don't remember Finding Nemo super well, but it looked like an old, like... It wasn't a submarine wreck, if I remember right. It was either, like, a cargo ship or a battleship or something. Probably so a battleship, like... because if I remember right, they're surrounded by underwater mines okay so this is like the grandfather of one of our favorite characters dwight fleisenhower baby mm -hmm. dwight fleisenhower's grandfather has just been feeding this to the military. group of vegetarian sharks pescatarian sharks no that's the absolutely the opposite they don't eat fish they don't eat Un fish anti-pescatarians okay okay uh, yeah. So these anti-pescatarian sharks are just living in the husk of an old person. It seems that way, which, again, and I mean, it's the same issue of like any like watching Finding Nemo and especially like it's the it's more the issue of like when you watch Little Mermaid and like uh, Ariel and Eric get married and I think they no, they don't, but it's a fishing kingdom, right? Eric's kingdom relies a lot on, <laughs> on like, their... It's definitely, like, a coastal kingdom. Like, there's a whole song, like, where the, the chef says, gosh, I love murdering fish. <laughs> and then, like, you, if we had, if this was, like, the... Gosh, why have I made myself come up with two podcast names in one episode? If this was the Dingle Potter, I'm actually pretty good with that one. Uh, the Dingle Potter? Yes, yeah, the she calls forks Dingle Hoppers. Ariel does. Uh, okay, because for some reason I was stuck on Harry Potter. Uh, okay, it's not great. Uh, but anyway, if this was about Little Mermaid, one of our big questions would be like, so like, do they just stop eating fish after? Ariel tells Eric that the fish are all sentient, thinking, feeling beings. What happens to the kingdom? They would die if that were the case. Yeah, and it's the same issue with fueling Nemo here, because, like, I don't know, the two places that are, like, the places they're trying to get to are a small aquarium and a dentist's office, which I do want to talk about what dentistry is like in this world, but we'll come back to that. And like a wildlife conservatory, hmm. but they they're alive. They think, they feel, they yearn, and they and like obviously that's the point in these movies too. And I know I'm just sort of rambling, but they're also just like not different from you. No, they're. <laughs> what if it's a difference like humans to monkeys? Yeah, they could be close, but no cigar. It could just be a thing where fish are still distinct. They're typically considered not sentient, except for maybe squid and maybe octopi on account of, you know, they're hyper intelligent. Uh, maybe yeah. even dolphin. 
except dolphin tend to be uh, pretty aggressive and uh, sexually uh, aggressive in bad ways. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And sometimes they will try to do good things like protect pregnant people, but accidentally result in their death because they're trying to protect them and they prevent other people from helping them. Mm, that's not good. That is your very not fun fact of the day. Hey, sort of backed your way into that one. Uh, yeah. So I got to hope that it's just a fear that we have that is unmerited because I don't, I don't know. Thinking about them knowing full well that those are just sentient beings that are just small. It's like if we found out that fey folk existed and the first thing we did was start eating them. Or putting them on display, which is more likely what we would do. Oh, we've already done that. We've faked that. We're like, oh, here are these magical creatures. We found a dead body. We're going to just show it off. Lucas, think about this, though. We did name one type of fey folk brownies. It's not good. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. And time for your interesting tidbit of the moment. Sure. It was likely a submarine. That they were inside? Yep. It was uh, likely a uh, Japanese war submarine, uh, possibly for planting mines, because, you know, that was a minefield. Yeah, that makes sense. The The surface ship wouldn't have been sunk by those mines. If you're curious, it uh, is the... It's likely the Gato-class submarine, except it only has four bow torpedo tubes rather than six. This is from wolfston18.wordpress.com. How foolish of them. (laughs) So silly mistakes. Yeah, but I, I think you're right that there's no real good way to reconcile. Like, they just have to be different. They have to be different. They're not tiny folks. They're just... And it's still not good, but they don't know they're sentient, I guess. Perhaps the implication is supposed to be, maybe you should think twice about eating uh, creatures of this world, because maybe anything and everything could be considered sentient or alive. Yeah, I did want to mention real quick, I think it would be much harder to have like a tiny office aquarium and or big wildlife conservatory aquarium in this world. It's like, I don't know. Even tiny submarine can, it's made of metal if it hits the side real fast. Yeah. There goes your aquarium. There goes your aquarium. Yeah, I didn't have much more than that on that specific one. But All right. You go to an aquarium. Sure. It's in this bizarre carves fish world. What do you see? What are you looking for? What's interesting? What am I looking for? Okay. Mm-hmm. You there if to see I, some turtles? Yeah, I would want to see... Like, I feel like I would get it on fish, you know? I'd be like, mm-hmm. eh, they're little submarines. Which is kind of how I am at real aquariums. Like, I kind of am just like, yeah, I know what fish look like. Show me the other cooler stuff. <laughs> and I just sort of walk past them kind of fast. Yeah. So... There's that, but I would want to see the stuff that I can't conceptualize. Like, I, I've been trying to come up with an analog for an octopus this whole time, and I think you've been doing the same. It's very distracting. And I, I've got nothing. All I the, can think of is the the weird... Toy? Uh, yeah, the, the toy from Toy Story that Sid <laughs> has. That's, That's the, all I've been thinking about. <laughs> the, 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 dolls, the baby doll head on the weird spider monster, and... Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> but it that's... can move in water good. It's got a propeller under it. See, here's one problem with that. It's not even, like, that's not even good enough. No, it's terrible. Because you think about all the other things, and it's just like, okay, uh, but the octopus can change the color of its flesh. And also, it's got so much more articulation than that. Yeah, like octopus are or octopi are famous for being able to escape things. Like, again, that's a major plot point with Hank the Septopus, uh, is that, like, he's able to, like, squeeze through tiny spaces and unscrew things from the inside and whatnot. And Now, the only thing I can think of, real world, that might come anywhere close is the fact that we have programs and companies that are basically trying to make creatures that are realistic and... The one that I can think of that is so far, I think the best for this situation would be Festo, 
Sure, I'm going to Google Festo. Keep talking. Look up uh, Festo Air Muscles or Festo Animals, and not the Festo from the Adventure Zone. Festo, F-E-S-T-O. Oh, these are cool. Mm-hmm. They're really cool, really interesting. But also, if you want to be shocked, look at the uh, look at the price. Oh, I gotta imagine. I can't even begin to imagine these are cheap. They're they're definitely not cheap. Yeah, th- no, they're not. <laughs> it's like an Arduino and uh, a balloon, I guess, and then some nice little robotics, and then next thing you know, the programming makes it several thousands more i mean understandable if i made a cool kangaroo robot like i'm looking at i mm-hmm. would charge quite a bit for it yep and one of the more interesting things is how they make it travel is they use a system with a camera that's basically just always floating around it and they Ooh. use that to direct it cool that's a fun fact of the day i've decided for you nice <laughs> all right so yes do we think that is what the octopi are made of Gosh, if John, the thing is, if we say this once, that is a door we can't close again, because then we will make our podcast so boring. It's because every time we're like, I don't know what an iguana is. It's a robot that looks like an iguana. Okay, I've got it. Okay. An octopus is specifically a bunch of towing cables. Now that I can get into on like a central hub thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of them all connect. Like, and it's, you even have like the central hub is a bunch of the actual like mechanical bits that the rope and line is attached to right in the center. And then it's just the hooks and the ropes are free floating. Yeah, I dig that. Why not? You know, it's an animal. It can look weird, I guess. In fact, it's got- it should. It's got eyes in the middle there. Uh, now, last thing, and I've already said I wanted to talk about this. I'm sure when you saw, oh, finally, they're going to talk about Finding Nemo, what you thought is, so finally, they're going to talk about car dentistry. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no better time. <laughs> Quite frankly, there's not. Because a good portion of Finding Nemo occurs in a dentist's office, and I don't know, how do they how do they take care of their chompers in the car's first john uh with some very very powerful tools i have to assume but what those powerful tools are i can not really name other than maybe just everything's diamond how do you have a diamond toothbrush see i was thinking like you know like those mechanical buffers that like spin really quick and you often see like in movies they're using them on car bodies Mm -hmm. i was thinking something like that and if you want it to be some diamond, I would say it's not actually in the buffer, but crushed into a paste. Okay. And the paste is where like the ultra like uh, fine diamonds come in and they just go for it. And Lucas, of course, we're going to go for our classic statement. Yeah. Uh, dentists are, of course, forklifts. How could they not be? Look me in the eye. If you disagree, send me a video of you explaining what else they could be. Okay? Uh, the best I've got is some Tomator stuff. Yeah, Tomator could do throws it. throws his hook into your mouth and just scrapes and hopes. Tomator could get, if you need a tooth removed, Tomator could do it. Mm-hmm. But gosh, at what cost? I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, you go to a dentist, and if you need a, like, a, a root canal, you need, like, a your wisdom teeth taken out, they send you to an orthodontist. Yeah, or an oral surgeon of some sort, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you don't you don't get your teeth ripped out by them, but you get their expert dexterity in there to clean your teeth. I do like the implication that a wisdom tooth surgery is just made or knocks you out and then goes fishing, baby. <laughs> Sorry about your gums, but there's a reason you need some you need some drugs afterwards. You better hope his aim is on point because he is going to just destroy you. Listen, he's taken out some uvulas before, and he'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Just keep him in there, man. Hey, 
good news, bad news. If you have some uh, infected tonsils, he might take them out for you. And of course, the bad news is if you don't have infected tonsils, he might take them out anyway. <laughs> I mean, the bad news is also maybe you didn't want them taken out the way he's going to take them out. I can't imagine many people would, but I also, if this is what we're saying surgery is, I don't know other ways to do it. I mean, you could have some of Maru's boys have their expert removal equipment. Yeah. But speaking of Mater, he would be, he's the most perfectly suited character I can think of for flossing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both because he's the only one with articulated teeth (laughs) more than, you know, a big, a big top tooth and a big bottom tooth. And he's got the floss built right in. And that's pretty gross, but Mater's a gross character. And you brought up an interesting point. Dental care is going to be a lot easier in a world where you only got two teeth. But it's it will be more high stakes, I'd say. Because yeah, if you like, need a root canal, oh no. Like you if, need a tooth pulled, you need half of your mouth removed. Yeah, like if you get hit bad and it falls out, sorry about eating. Yeah. Like you can get it replaced, I'm sure, with a uh, with some good old George Washingtons in there. But or a single large fake tooth. See, maybe what happened is Mater had your typical one bar tooth, two bar tooth, but his his life led to him getting into a lot of accidents and it broke up his teeth. So now he's only got two big chunks left. Yeah, I could also see like we often say Mater is like the first of their society. Maybe just the other cars have evolved more than him to where they don't need articulated teeth. But Mater's so ancient that he still has them. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just changed his mouth to fit what he remembers society used to be. Or honestly, maybe he just changed his mouth because he's like, "This is what my character of the the sort of uh, country bumpkin would have." This so, will make me believable. This will fit the bit, and let me tell you, Mater's all about the bit. Mm-hmm. He is dedicated to nothing more than the bit. And ironically enough, it would help him. When he bit things, too. Mm-hmm. That was Including a stretch, people. but I wanted the pun. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's fueling Nemo and fueling Dory. That there's probably more to talk about, but as as Jack, as I'll remind you, Jack says it's basically just swim, 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 etc., etc. Mm-hmm. And we got quite a bit out of it, I'd say. Swim, 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 etc., etc. Teeth are messed up, man. Yeah, we got dentistry in there. Finally, it's what the people have been clamoring for. Go ahead, John. One final question. Yeah. What does shark dentistry look like? It sure seems difficult, but like... I think we have to assume that shark dentistry has to be performed by whatever a shrimp is. You know, we're so close to the end of the episode, I'm just going to say, yeah, I agree with what you said, John. Which, of course, means you've fallen for my trap. Lucas, what is a shrimp? Ah, gosh darn it. Uh... <laughs> It's a tiny robot that looks like a shrimp. Oh no, I've opened the door. Oh boy. Uh, I think it's like some sort of weird aquatic forklift. Yeah, that works for me. Maybe, I don't know. I feel like I've seen some underwater contraptions that are designed in a way that resembles a shrimp. Yeah, they're just like a weird submarine with a tail that cars rip off when they eat them. Sorry. (laughs) All right. That's the end of the episode. Uh... (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. I think I'm going to eat shrimp tonight. So thank you for getting me uh, excited for that, John. Nice, Uh, nice, nice. And more importantly, thanks to all of you for listening to this episode. We sure had a lot of fun and I hope you did too. And of course, of course, even more important than that, thanks to Jack for sending us the idea. Uh, If you want to be like Jack and have your name said, I would, if I'd have to guess five to six times in this episode, then send us some stuff to talk about. Uh, you can either, if you're like, you know what? I've been clamoring for the Incredicars. Well, you gots to talk about what Jack Jack's like in the cars first. Weird, but we'll do it. Uh, but you and just got that means we've said Jack two more times. Oh, three my, now. My God, you're absolutely right. Uh, but 
if you've got a suggestion for Pixar Studios, if you've got one for Moments in History, origin stories, autobiographies, movie pitches. Man, we have a lot of those, huh? Or if you just got a suggestion for a general episode and you're like, eh, let's talk about this. We'll probably do it. <laughs> just send us an email, which is uh, thekachat at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us and follow us on Twitter, uh, which is at the Kachat. Neither of those have the hyphen in there. It's just all one word. And now, as a special treat, John's going to say his stuff that he says every outro. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. Tell anyone and everyone you think might be the least fit interested in listening to this kooky little podcast. And until next time, remember to float like a Cadillac. And sting like a beaver.